Barbara Colby was a talented television, film, and Broadway actress. Her infectious personality and hard work spawned relationships with the likes of Mary Tyler Moore, Cloris Leachman, and Jack Klugman. All signs pointed to her becoming a superstar until she was tragically murdered in Los Angeles, California. That's today on Death in Entertainment. Live from Los Angeles. 911, what is your emergency? Here in Hollywood now. Two counts of murder, injury, and death. Oh my God! Shocking new details that have stunned the entertainment world. Um, this makes me a little nervous. The hair stood up on my arms. Just like in the movies. Ah! What do you call this thing anyway? Death in entertainment. Why, hello there. Welcome to Dead Land, everybody. Yeah, population you. Yes. <laughs> and us. And us. Hey, yeah. we're here too. Yeah. What's up, everybody? My name's Kyle Plouffe. My name is Mark Mulcairn. And I'm Alejandro Dowling. And today we are getting into the unsolved murder of Barbara Colby. I know nothing mm. about this. We're go- I'm going in blind. Yeah, this is one of the first episodes where two out of the three people have no idea what's about to happen. I'm going in like Stevie Wonder, <laughs> allegedly. Yeah, yeah. Some have said otherwise. If you're Stevie Wonder, I'm Helen Keller. Hey. <laughs> you're even blinder. The blind the even blinder. And I can't hear. Yeah. What's up? That's my dad's joke. What's up? Wait, what? Well, we're going to do an episode this week? Yes. Oh, okay. And it is taking us all the way to July 24th, 1975. Okay. I'll I'll kick it off with the music here. I'm going to start at number three. I'm going to work my way up. Ooh. So number three. Grandpa's feeling a little frisky today. I know. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to make it work for it here. <laughs> uh, number three. One of these nights by the Eagles. One of these nights. nights. Uh, <laughs> that was the worst rendition. Someone from the Eagles is turning in their grave. I don't know if they're dead or alive. Yeah. Said, but we just killed them if they were alive. Quite a few of them are dead. Yeah, Joe Walsh. Rest in peace. Um, number two, I'm Not in Love by 10CC. Oh, that is that is one of the longest pop songs. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And it's somewhat experimental. That was my only... Like thing to say about that song because I don't remember it at all. But when I listened to it before recording this podcast, it's like almost seven minutes long. Mm-hmm. Is that the one that goes do 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 do? Is it that one? Sure. Okay. I think that's Shining Time Station. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. But I, it's one of those songs that sounds like ten songs in one song. Yes. Yeah. And yet, not any kind of cohesive sound no either. yeah it's all over the, it's coke induced that's why i said everything in the 70s is cocaine induced yeah. right it's yeah. 10 songs and no songs yeah right <laughs> yeah but somehow got to number two on the charts amen it's a classic yeah uh number one the hustle by van mccoy and the soul city symphony do the hustle this is my dream if i had a time machine there's a few things i would do one of them is go to 1975, get some cocaine or something. Okay, yeah. and that's it. 
and, <laughs> and then go back to today. <laughs> you just want 75 yeah. Coke prices in today's world. Yeah, yeah. No, and you dance, want the lack of inflation. Dance to the hustle when it was brand new. Yeah. How great would that be? Like, hey, have y'all heard this song yet? And then you go to the jukebox and crank it out. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Clarence, you know that song, that sound we were looking for? Listen to this. Oh, you should go back, buy a bunch of coke, and then write the song "The Hustle." Yeah, and then you become. Okay. Yeah, you're like Biff in uh, Back to the Future Part Two. <laughs> yeah, Mister Hustle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for some reason I choose the hustle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not none of the Beatles. You skip all like, that. Not I will always love you, or, yeah. or Be- Beethoven's Fifth, or anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My heart will go on. Yeah, <laughs> you don't start Microsoft or Apple or no. anything like that. <laughs> no, nope. just in. Invented the hustle. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good use of that uh, time travel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Okay, so now we're going to jump over to the movies. Yes. Hello. Yes. This was the summer where the blockbuster was born. You know what I'm talking about. It's a movie that has sharp teeth. Ooh. Hmm. Uh, Godzilla? Might it have a fin? <laughs> yeah. And it might also have a little Dreyfus. Might oh. it take place in Massachusetts? It sure does. Yes. Of course, we're referring to the hit movie, Star Wars. Yes. Just kidding. Jaws. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's your Jaws impression? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going I'm to need a bigger, better impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is amazing. I saw it last summer in 3D. They had a re-release. Yeah. Beautiful. If you ever get a chance to see that version in 3D, it was very absorbing. And I sat there. I hadn't sat down and watched it for a while. It truly is a great movie. Yeah. You know what the beef I have with that movie is? Is that um, the the sea captain, uh, how is that guy, how does he own a house? Quint, how does he own a house on Martha's Vineyard? Like, get out of here, that guy. <laughs> that guy's a maniac. Well, you know how much whale blubber got you? In, yeah, maybe. In 1975? <laughs> yeah. But it's also, it's Amityville, right? It's not yeah, really it's like a fake. Video. It's like a fake yeah, town. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. So, Is it Amity or Amnity? I think it's Amity. Is so it... did the Amityville horror copy them? I don't know. That's a good question. You know, who owns who? Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> Almost. Amity Island. Oh, okay. That's what yeah. it is. It's the beach town of Amity. Maybe uh, that's just like a go-to like fake town name thing. So they use mm-hmm. Amityville in the horror movie, whatever it was. Yeah. Maybe. It's true, though. Uh, before this, there was no concept of the summer blockbuster yet. Yeah. This was the first movie that people were buying multiple tickets, going to see it multiple times telling all their friends and it just stayed Big in theaters ten pole movie for like a year yeah 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 uh also during this time on tv popular shows were hawaii 50 hee-haw all in the family and the waltons Ooh. people were playing such huge game titles such as pong space ride gotcha and pursuit on things like the magnavox odyssey Oh my gotcha. god! Which is like the ColecoVision type <laughs> shitty pong, bonk, 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 bonk. Yeah, graphics will never get better than this. Yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Gotcha was a very cheap game. 
They made a movie out of it with Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) They did make a movie of Gotcha with Anthony uh, Edwards, the guy from ER. Oh, really? Yeah. It's it's basically the movie is they just go around uh, a college campus and shoot each other with guns, with fake guns. Interesting. Hmm. It's a very dumb, stupid. They used to play it on Comedy Central all the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Trash movie. Okay. Well, I guess don't. See it? Yeah, not a recommendation. <laughs> Go see Jaws. Don't yes. see don't see that. And look for the three D version. Not to be confused with Jaws three D, which was the third installment yes. at SeaWorld. Yeah. yeah. It's too confusing. <laughs> but you know what's not confusing? What's that? This episode. Yeah, well, let's hope not. Bum bum bum. Let's oh. get into it. Going in blind. Okay, so Miss Barbara Colby. She was born on July 2nd, 1939 in New York City. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings, from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. New York City! (laughs) (laughs) I used to love... What was that, the Pace... uh, uh, Salsa commercial. Salsa commercial, yeah. Yeah. That's a deep cut. This was made in New York City. What? (laughs) 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 Ah, It's like the scariest thing to happen when you're in like the outback or somewhere. Yeah, they're on a ranch in Texas or something. (laughs) It's always the middle of the night. They're always by a fire. They're like, huh, well, let's see where this great salsa was made. New York City! (laughs) (laughs) It all came... They have heart Back attacks. Back to me now that you said this. Those commercials were on all the time. Yeah. yeah. That was the 90s. But I, no one ever bought Pace Salsa. No. <laughs> like it, 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 everyone remember the commercial. No one bought the product. Yeah. Uh, so she actually did the reverse of the Pace commercial because she was, even though she was born in New York, she actually went down south and was raised in New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. Back in that bayou there. <laughs> that's, that's good. Yeah. I thought Theo Vaughn was in Little here. No, Bobby Boucher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Starring <laughs> our new friend, Blake Clark. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yes. right. Yeah. Not only will I do that for you, <laughs> yeah, I'll do that for you. <laughs> <laughs> As we may or may not know, Barbara Colby became a professional actress, but it wasn't until her senior year in high school that she actually took an interest in theater acting. So that's like pretty late. Senior year in high school? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like sports and acting and stuff, people usually do it like early on. What do you want? You want her in the womb? Doing Shakespeare sonnets? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, high school's still pretty early. Yeah. Senior year, though, I feel like it's like pretty late. If and you this... told me, like, oh, she woke up when she was 45 and yeah. decided, <laughs> I could see... I'm going to give it a go. I could see both sides of it, because we, we've detailed a lot of the history of a lot of actors here. 
And usually they get that bug a little earlier, but some people, but I don't know, actresses start earlier, I feel like, yeah. typically. Yeah. Right, I see what you're saying. Actors are like, you know, I don't want to do, uh, you know, acting that's, 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 you know, that's gay or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, it's a thing. I don't know. But Only if you're doing the show Queer as Folk. Yeah. Yes. But I see what you mean. But I think that's a, actually a distinction, quite an important distinction. Those that pursued it any earlier than that could almost be labeled as a child actor. Right. Yeah. And with that, you get all the baggage and you get all the fucked up. So anything Barbara Colby sounds like a more tolerable person. Yes. Uh, she actually became part of the local theater in her town. And she was originally a seamstress, like she was helping sew costumes together, but ended up taking on a couple roles there and then just caught the bug and was hooked. Mm. Um, she wasn't even in like the school play or anything. It was like this local production. Uh, oh. When she graduated high school, she ended up receiving a scholarship offer to attend Bard College in New York State, just south of Albany, where she would major in acting. That's a good college. So that's what I'm saying. It's like so late to be able to be like, oh, senior year, I'm going to start, that's and then boom, right. right off to college, and that's it. You're I think that's all you need is that one spark or that one time that it went well, yeah. and that's it. That's what I want to do now. Her ultimate goal was to be able to get onto Broadway. Um, she was able, even when she was at school at Bard, she was able to go do a semester abroad at Paris Sorbonne University in France. France. So she was getting mm. cultured too. That's like a, that's like Emily in Paris. That's like the dream of, of yep. girls that are actors. Yeah. And of anybody, fashion, anybody, yeah. Uh, culinary. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Uh, she ended up graduating from Bard and then just going, you know, a few miles south down to New York City. New York City! New York City! <laughs> <laughs> and she started her acting career officially there. Uh, from 1964 to 1969, she couldn't miss. She was just getting on everything. She had a huge personality and acting style that was just infectious. And mm. everyone who met her loved her. Okay. She did an off-Broadway performance in a play called The Six Characters in Search of an Author in 1964. Mm. Okay. Sounds like an unfinished play, if you ask me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, and then immediately, in 1965, she her dream comes true, and she gets to Broadway with a debut in The Devils in 1965. I've heard of that. Did, did they find a writer for this one? Yeah. <laughs> in search of a director though <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're just talking on a stage <laughs> yeah uh it was a play by john whiting oh a classic whiting why does that sound familiar that name a whiting joint uh the devils is a play commissioned by sir peter hall for the royal shakespeare company and written by british dramatist john whiting Based on Aldous Huxley's 1952 book, The Devils of London, or Devils of Luden. You don't put this on London. L-O-U-D-U-N. That's so lewd in. Hello. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the play premiered in 1961. Oh, so it's like a newer play. It wasn't like a classic. Yeah, but went Mm. straight to Broadway when when it got to... Broadway! uh, It must have made a big splash at the time. That's probably how I've heard of it. Yeah. I'm sure some other people... I'm sure it was put on quite a bit. Yeah. Throughout the rest of the decade, she appeared in plays such as Under Milkwood. Wait, when did The Devils premiere? 61. John Whiting was dead from testicular cancer by 63. Holy guacamole. Oh, man. Man. So this is like, uh, you know, R.I.P. uh, post-death. 
John Whiting. Yeah. Died before he got to see it go to Broadway. If he Man. died in 63, yeah. then went to Broadway in 65, boom. Testicular cancer, jeez, Louise. Yeah. For the rest of the decade, appeared in plays like Under Milkwood, Murder in the Cathedral, Dear Liar, and A Doll's House, but got huge reviews for her portrayal of Portia in Julius Caesar in 1966. Ooh. That's definitely written way before 1961. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she was... <laughs> he didn't live to see it hit Broadway either. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she actually got married to Robert Levitt Jr., whose mother is Ethel Merman. No. Ethel Merman is like the first lady of Broadway. You'll yeah. be swell. Yeah. Like, imagine your whole goal is to want to become, like, as a guy, it's like, oh, I want to be a baseball player. And then all of a sudden, my father-in-law is Babe Ruth. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's huge. That's and so crazy. Think of the most cliche song you could sing about Hollywood going back the last hundred years. There's no business like show no business. business. That was her song. It was. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, so she she's was, like the OG. Yeah. She was dubbed the undisputed first lady of the musical comedy stage. Yes, she was. Ethel, she had a powerful voice and scored leading roles in Anything Goes, Any Get Your Gun, Gypsy, and Hello Dolly, all on Broadway. And wow. like you said, you've likely heard her singing uh, the songs from the movies Anything Goes and There's No Business Like Show Business. Uh, she received a Tony Award for Best Actress in a Musical for her performance in Call Me Madam, a Grammy Award for Gypsy, and a Drama Desk Award for Hello, Dolly. Uh, we were edging towards an EGOT, but then it just went... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Drama Desk Award. <laughs> yeah. That's like a cable ace award for uh, plays. Yeah, I did under the Drama Desk Award. <laughs> uh, she had four husbands in total, the last of which, fun fact... Yeah. Uh, she had her first three husbands. She would uh, be married to them for like nine years apiece. Boom, boom, boom. It was like clockwork. Oh. Her last husband in 1964, Ernest Borgnine. Oh, my God. Married in 1964, divorced in 1964. Oh, so I don't know what the hell happened between them. Not nine years, <laughs> nine minutes. Yeah. I said nine minutes for that. Yeah. Nine hour anniversary. <laughs> that didn't work out. Ernest later goes on to play the role of Merman in SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> That's his most famous role, I think. Now, yes. is this his version of Disney's Frozen to get away from Ethel Merman? Merman <laughs> and Merman are spelled the same exact way. Wow. <laughs> this is like Jim Carrey's movie, The, the Number 23. Yeah. There's dumb connections being made. Yeah, Kyle's going to write a screenplay <laughs> called Merman. <laughs> Do you get it? The board nine story. <laughs> I love those connections people make where they explain it to you and then you still don't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I need like a dry erase board and to explain this to me. Well, the reason they came up with Disney's Frozen is to get away from people Googling. I see. Frozen Disney. Oh, that, okay. I got. And so I get is, it now. Is Ernest Borgnine trying to get away from Ethel Merman? Right. So by when you being Merman, I get it. So when the you same exact way. When you Google, <laughs> you say, you say that's how that's how it goes. You Google Merman, anything goes. <laughs> SpongeBob comes comes up instead of Ethel. Yes. Okay, yeah. I'm with you now. Yep. You and go. that's absolutely why he did that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it all makes sense. Let's tell him it works. It's working here. Okay. Let's yeah. move on. I wonder who else did this. This is actually a serious. 
question. <laughs> Even, you know, Dedos out there listening, watching. Can you think of any other examples where someone might have done that to cover up their past so when you Google them, the new thing comes up? Well, now you can go to, like, websites that will... Like they they fix your identity online, so they'll even create fake websites to push all the other stuff wow. down. If you had like a DUI or oh something from God. before, yeah. So may, maybe this is that version of that. I don't wow. know. Yeah. Interesting. Dun, dun, dun. Can you can you wipe out Ethel Merman? Yeah, <laughs> we're on it, kid. <laughs> I want her off the internet. I want to scrub. You say? Yeah. Uh, Ethel Merman was apparently like. <clears throat> Off stage, she was like super vulgar, and but people thought she was hilarious. So she was rehearsing for a, an appearance on the Loretta Young show, and Merman exclaimed, uh, "Where the hell does this go?" And Loretta Young, who was like a devout Catholic, came towards her, waving an empty coffee can, saying, "Miss Merman, you said the H word. That'll be twenty five cents." To which Merman replied, "Tell me, Loretta, how much will it cost me to tell you to go fuck yourself?" <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> She's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she was a firecracker, a big personality, but so was Barbara. So, like, it was no coincidence that Robert found her and was attracted. Oh, uh, okay. It's like so a like, personality yeah. he was used to being. He had around. an Oedipus complex? Yeah, cool. <laughs> exactly. He wanted to beg his mom. Yeah. yeah. But again, for Barbara wanting to be in professional theater to have, you know, the greatest stage actor Broadway has seen at that time, crazy. Amazing. Um, but as we've seen in stories like Marilyn Monroe and so many others, mm-hmm. when one spouse is an artist and the other is not, doesn't always work out. Now, Barbara's popularity may have become a point of contention between the two. Uh, so Barbara ended up making a move to the West Coast without her husband. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, I, I swear I forgot something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, my husband. <laughs> Kevin. Kevin. He's back in New York City. New York City. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, so they separated and she went off to work in San Francisco and Los Angeles. Ooh. Is there a big acting like uh, Broadway scene in San Fran? Uh, well, there's I plays. Think there was. Yeah. yeah she a was, lot of plays. She was the leading act or a leading actor at the American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco for multiple years in a row. Uh, and while stage acting is what she always wanted to be a part of, she found her way to the small screen with her first big role in 1971, season one, episode one of Columbo with Peter Falk. Wow. There was an episode called Murder by the Book, prime time. This is like a huge step in the right direction for her, you know, be able to expand her career past the stage to TV and film. Wow. Columbo was a... Incredibly popular show. Columbo. Peter Falk is there's one more thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the killer things he's gotten away with that. Yeah. Yeah. And they have this whole ten minute conversation, like, well, thanks for answering my questions. Yeah. yeah. Oh one thing. Then the guy's like, Oh fuck. Did you yeah, what is under it? arrest? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you shoot this guy last night? Yeah. What's under the boat? (laughs) (laughs) Natalie Wood. Uh (laughs) Your eye. You're not glass eye. Yeah, Peter Falk had a glass eye. That was well done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, This episode was directed by none other than Mr. Steven Spielberg. What? Oh, whoa. Crazy. Whoa, he's in the episode and the pop culture flash. Hey, look at that. That is interesting. That's what he did working up to Jaws. Yep. He did Rod Serling's Night Gallery with Joan Crawford. Mm. He would do it because then 
shows like Columbo, they were shot on film. And, you know, it was like two or three channels. Yeah. And so they were like movies, basically. Yeah. A huge audience. So that was an incredibly good way to start off a lucrative Hollywood career. And speaking of lucrative, this is a little uh, thing in the DGA, Directors Guild. People don't know this, but if you direct the first episode of a TV show, like an episodic TV show that goes on for a while, uh, you are get, you have like you have so much like of the percentage of the points uh, in, on that that TV show. Oh wow! So you have it even more. Like the guy Larry Charles that did the first Seinfeld episode, he's got like almost as much money as Larry David. I bet because wow. you get so much more points if you direct that first episode because you're basically establishing how it's going to look and how mm. it's going to you know the overall you know aesthetic <sighs> of the entire show moving forward. Interesting. Yeah, because that actually makes sense. I thought it was usually an ego move, but think of how many shows where a big time director will come in and direct the pilot. Yeah, they all do it. David yeah. Fincher. Yeah, like uh, I, I think John Favreau came in and did the Orville that show, the Orville, really? the wow. one, which is I don't know if that's going to be a big payday for him. But yeah. like, <laughs> oh, man. but still, that's why people yes. that come in and do that makes sense. Yeah. It was crazy. 1971 was like such a huge year for her. She did that Columbo episode. She was the one that got murdered. Ah. So she was in a writing team with uh, another writer, but she was the talented one. And the other guy hit her over the head with a bottle and killed her so that he could make all the money based off her efforts. Oh, that sounds like a pretty good episode. Yeah. Yeah. But she didn't get... See, if I was an actor, I'd want the one thing, the one more thing moment with Columbo. (laughs) Yeah. It's almost like that moment in Law & Order where you're the one, like, you're the working class guy that keeps working while while they're questioning you. Yeah. I want to be that guy, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I saw her last night. You know, she came in and then she... It's a John Mulaney bit, but... Oh, Oh, blue shirt lady. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What New York City do you live in? (laughs) Yeah. Look, look, buddy, I got a lot of... Sacks of sand here to move. Do you mind? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's certainly doable, a doable dream considering there's six million episodes of Law and Order. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. <laughs> she did that episode of Columbo. She went back on Broadway and through a New York stage acting friend named Jack Klugman. Ooh. Oh, he's well known. Yes. Otherwise known as Oscar from a very popular ABC sitcom, she was able to score a guest star role on The Odd Couple. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He did a be- show called Quincy, too, I think. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was a big time actor. And that was, correct me if I'm wrong, that was based on the movie. Yeah. Had to have No, it was based on the Neil Simon play. The movie yeah. was. And then yeah. they did the movie. And then, then yeah, the show. that was based on that. Okay. Yeah. And they brought it back one more time with Matthew Perry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gross. And Thomas Lennon. Yeah. You know who directed the pilot of that? <laughs> Christopher Nolan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the boosters are just starting to turn on. The rocket hasn't shot off yet, Mm. but things are obviously really heating up. It sounds like a very good, solid acting career, though. Oh, absolutely. She's not a household name, but working with a lot of great people. Yeah. In 1972 and 73, she was in two made-for-TV movies, an episode of the FBI, and an episode of Macmillan and Wife. Oh, and then an, oh, that's that's the one with Rock Hudson. Yeah, and, and then, FBI was the show that um, what would, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character from 
um, from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was in FBI. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rick Dalton. Rick Dalton, yes. So she gets the FBI, McMillan mm-hmm. and wife, and then an ABC after school special entitled My Dad Lives in a Downtown Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> this is our first clip. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, I love it. Hi, Joy. What's the matter, man? My parents are getting a divorce. It's tough. It is tough. Can Joey learn to cope with his parents' divorce? Yes, with their help. Joey, I love you. We love you very, very much. Bell Bridges. Watch wow. My Dad Lives in a Downtown Hotel, an ABC after-school special. It's quite on the nose, that title. Yeah. <laughs> My Dad Lives in a Downtown Hotel. My dad's a scumbag. <laughs> and he's Bo Bridges. And he doesn't pay his child support. Yeah. That's the entire title. Yeah, Get Out. <laughs> in my, the original Get Out. My dirtbag, bum, piece of crap dad lives in some <laughs> shitty motel. My dad lives in a bubble. <laughs> they merge with the Travolta yeah, TV movie. Yeah, bubble dad. <laughs> <laughs> Next after bubble dad. <laughs> then it's a sitcom. Yeah, yeah. Bosom bubbles. Bosom bubbles. Bubbles boys. Odd couple. They just keep combining like the odd words. bubble. Yeah. The odd bubble, yeah. These executives are just going wild. They're just sniffing more and more coke. They're like, yeah, yeah. Fucking odd bubble. Yeah, yeah. Make it, then, make it, make yeah, it. Yeah, then we bring that in this. And in the background, it's the husband. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, put that song in this, put it in this. Alejandro's on the poster. Yeah. <laughs> he went back in time. And I stayed back. Yeah. You guys are like, why isn't he here this week? Yeah. Oh, he decided oh, to he's stay. He's time traveling this <laughs> week. Yeah, he invented the hustle and stayed. Yeah. <laughs> I knew he was going to do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm like irrationally angry about it. Yeah. Like, motherfucker, I knew he was going to do it. And then it, the people you tell it to, they're like, Uh, Okay, what do you want for dinner? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone moves on. So that 1972 and 73 has some big wins for her as well. In 1974, it's getting even bigger. She gets episodes of Medical Center, Kung Fu with our man. No. Mr. Carradine. Carradine. Wow. David Carradine. She gets in an episode of Gunsmoke, which is huge. Yeah. Yeah. And then makes her big screen debut. Alejandro, are you ready for this? I am... I am just anxious. In the Robert Altman classic movie. No, can I guess? I really don't know. I'm trying to think because I've probably seen it, obviously. Yeah. I mean, let's not kid ourselves here. Is it, wait, what year? 74. Oh, this would have been, oh, is it California Split? It is California Split. Oh. That's one of your favorite movies, too. I know. Yeah, she was. Uh, she had a small role as a receptionist in California. Okay, Split, but still, uh, I mean, it's still getting into Robert Altman movie. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think she was on her way to getting into bigger, bigger things. In 1975, everything changes when she ends up playing a wisecracking sex worker who meets Mary Tyler Moore in jail in an episode of the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Ooh, got a clip here. Okay. Yeah, what'd they get you for? Impersonating a Barbie doll. Ha! Just give up? No, it's very relevant. I think I'm going to sleep. Which uh, bunk do you want? Oh, I don't care where I sleep. I know, that's why you're here. Va, 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 boom! Yeah. <laughs> no, you didn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's Whoever great. came up with that was like the best writer in the room, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you can tell she had the chops. That, very good comedic timing. Yeah. yeah. Natural presence. Uh, this episode, obviously, this appearance was supposed to be a one-off. 
Uh, but she was so popular with the cast, the crew, and audience uh, that people wanted her back. Uh, the Mary, Mary Tyler Moore show ended up having her back for one more episode, uh, but then they started producing spinoffs like Rhoda, and Cloris Leachman had uh, her own show called Phyllis, which was another spinoff of the Mary Tyler Moore show. And Cloris Leachman, who had worked wow. with Barbara on a film uh, in 1973, actually handpicked Barbara to come in and be cast as the regular on the show Phyllis as her boss. And didn't Ed Asner get a spinoff too? I uh, think he might have. Yeah. Can you imagine a show that has that many spinoffs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. Let's see. Lou Grant, Rhoda, and Lou Phyllis. Grant. Yeah. It was called Lou Grant. Yeah. yeah. And they were all successful. Yeah, that's the crazy. other thing. Uh, the, mm-hmm. you, they do spinoffs left and right back uh-huh. in the 70s, but 90% of them would just go nowhere. Right. I didn't know until recently that Family Matters in the 90s was a spinoff of Perfect Strangers Mm -hmm. because the mom worked as an elevator operator in the building that they lived in. Wait, what? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Can I do that? It's hard to imagine Family Matters without Urkel. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Apparently, the mom hated him. Mary Jo Payton. Oh, the dad did, too. Oh, so they all It was supposed to be his show. And yeah. he was so mad that Urkel got so popular. That- <laughs> yeah. He just jumps out there. It's like a studio audience, too. He's just crushing. Yeah. And you're in the backstage. You know, motherfucking. Yeah. And he's hot off a of Die Hard, too. Yeah. Yeah. That He was in the biggest blockbuster of the year. And he comes on set with a brand new sitcom. He's like, all right, let's see. Where are my lines? And then suddenly, yeah. Jaleel White comes in. Yep. Did, Did I, I do that? that? <laughs> and then he just puts the script in the garbage. Yeah. Like, all right. Yeah. yeah. Ten years later. <laughs> later but like i would not complain about that no. i'd be like i'll happily be the guy in the background absolutely you know eating donuts like from uh, die hard and you know <laughs> yeah. making a fucking bank yeah on a gravy train with biscuit wheels exactly <laughs> um so yeah cloris leachman loved her so much that even though she was 14 years older than barbara she had her player boss because she she plays older too she has like a deeper raspier voice uh, which this is what Bar- um, Barbara. Barbara does, yeah, because Cloris used to do that too, yeah. Like she in the, <laughs> I I know it seems like I'm obsessed with the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> bring it up quite it a bit. It seems like not this episode yet. This is the first time this episode. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll count how many. But her granny was a bit older. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So she played the grandma in Beverly Hillbillies. Yes. Okay. Oh, Cloris Leachman, yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah. movie. I know yes. so much about this movie now. Yeah, I don't even have to see it. <laughs> I wasn't gonna. <laughs> you should. <laughs> Did I mention Dabney Coleman <laughs> is in it? I'm perfect, yeah. then I will see it. Okay. It's Alejandro's Apocalypse Now. Yeah. He loves it. <laughs> so she's living her dream life now. She has finally got a main role in a TV show that's going to be huge. They expect it to be really big. We Which one? to be real big. Uh, Phyllis. <laughs> oh, yeah, Phyllis. Gotcha. Yeah. So she is an everyday player in this in this uh, TV show. Yeah. And she had moved to L.A. She's living in Topanga Canyon. Uh, she was a sober vegetarian spiritualist. So just a true bohemian. She was right place. Everything she ever wanted in her life. She went full California when she full came Full Cali. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but even when she was in New York City, they knew her as like always burning incense and kind of know, a bohemian type. Reading tarot cards yeah. for people. Yeah. And, Spiritual. Yeah. That's impressive because 
a, a lot of people in New York theater are hard drinkers. Yeah, yeah. drinkers That's and true. just very in your face. <laughs> <laughs> insane. Uh, yeah, insane is a good word. Yeah, but she was like very loose and not high strung at all. And, mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, living in Topanga Canyon, she had, uh, some cachet in the business now. So she started teaching acting at a school in Palms on the West side of LA County near Culver city in Venice. West side. West side. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she had a group of students that, you know, loved being taught by her. Uh, Barbara even started dating one of her students. Okay. Oh. Hot for teacher. A little, a little James Franco situation going yeah. on here. Well, this guy's name is James Kiernan. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Any so, relation? Yeah. <laughs> She's not all clean. Well, I mean, what are you going to do? You fall in love, you fall in love. You can't help who you fall in love with. Uh, yeah. Okay. The heart doesn't know what it wants to do. I don't know. <laughs> what are you, Woody Allen? Now yeah. the, the, the heart doesn't know, you know, what it's doing. <laughs> it knows no race yeah. or age or, 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 or daughter. It's my daughter. Do- I, I marry my daughter. Or bloodline. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I adopted my own my own next wife. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm getting now. I'm not, I'm not trying to beat around the bush anymore, okay? I'm just trying to beat around her bush. Yeah, if you know what I mean. Yeah. The, the, the crowd, everyone's emptied out of the... His last stand-up. Wow. Show. Okay, yeah. so Barbara is pork and her student. Yes. Pork uh, that's a good word. James Kiernan. I mean, she was a big believer in fate and right place, right time. And so, and, yeah. you know... She's like... You're a dick. Yeah. <laughs> in the right place. Yeah, in this bush. <laughs> Don't beat around in it. This bush. <laughs> Just go right in, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Pay no heed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kismet, okay? <laughs> so one night after class on July 24th, 1975, everything was business as usual. They had class, and they all mm-hmm. congregated outside of the school, you know, people smoking cigarettes, laughing, telling stories, yep. shooting the shit. Yeah. Everything's great. Uh, you know, eventually all the students go to their cars, and just as Barbara and James are finishing up and heading to their car, a white van screeches to a halt right in front of them. Two men jump out of the van and run at Barbara and James with guns drawn. Witnesses said they heard loud shouting by uh, a man or two, and then two quick gunshots. Uh, oh Barbara was shot once in the chest and the shoulder and died instantly. What? James had been gravely injured after also only being shot one time, but he survived long enough to be questioned by police on who did this to them. He said he had no idea who the guys were. He had never seen them in his life, and he died within hours of after being shot. Man. Who was able to give all that information? Yeah, he told them it was a white van. It was two guys. Didn't know who they were. Had no idea why they were targeted. Uh, but they That's were, actually quite cinematic. Yeah. That scene where someone's dying and then they're able to give out the last piece of information. Yeah, like Kaiser yeah. Sose. Yeah. Yeah, there was no attempt to rob them. So the police were like, it was either a personal attack or a random drive-by shooting. But if it was personal, why wouldn't they have been robbed? Um, no, but yeah, if it was like a random drive-by, like, what? No way. Like, what they're going to... That's... Unless it's like, uh, you know, it's that Barry from the TV show Barry. Like, like, like there's like a hit. It's like an organized it hit. It sounds clearly. like a hit. Yeah. That it was targeted. It sounds like it, but the problem is this was a part of a crime spree that these two had been committing that night. So okay. 
they had stolen. Wait, what's the? You'll get to it. But if it's a crime spree, aren't they looking to get something out of it? Because this one, what are they getting out of it? They had stolen from people, uh, beat people up, robbed some other people, and in total killed three people in the span of forty minutes in this neighborhood. They just went crazy, uh, like oh. that Elliot Roger guy in Santa Barbara. Yeah, who just started shooting up the. You know the fraternity or not the the sorority houses. Yeah, is, is that the incel because no one was uh, having sex with them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this, it's like there was no rhyme or reason to the people who were killed weren't connected. It was an old lady that was killed besides these two, mm. and yeah, the people who were robbed. Like, why didn't they rob everybody? Right, why, they only rob a couple people exactly, and yeah. then kill three people and not kill the other people that they robbed. Unless it is a serial killer situation, because then those questions go out the window. Why but, was but Ted Rand- Bundy doing it? Why but, was anybody, you know, murdering for fun? Yeah, but, but there's usually more finesse when the when the serial killers do it. You know, true. this is just a wild, just you know, yeah. just shooting in, in right. broad daylight. A or- serial killer would almost be offended by this because there's no rhyme or reason or mo. There's no. Yeah, they have like a philosophy behind them, but not the mass shooters. Like the guy at McDonald's in the eighties, but that's yeah. a newer development that that started a couple of years ago. I feel like, yeah, okay. I'm just throwing it out there that he's then this there may be somewhere on the serial killer scale. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I think it was just two deranged people who had no rhyme or reason and just wanted to cause havoc. Okay, um, there like were the six Joker. Yeah, <laughs> there were six men arrested in the coming weeks, all of which that had alibis that checked out. Uh, everyone was released, and the pair has never been caught. What? This is unsolved I, to this day. Are you kidding me? Holy crap. They have no idea who did this. Oh, my God. I, I don't even know what... Well, this during the 70s was like the most violent decade the U.S. has seen in a very long time. True. Yeah. The 80s, it got a little bit better. 90s, even better. Like, we're, we're at a point now where it's, it, you know... If, if we had the crime of the 70s today, it would be like chaos. Yeah. New York was <laughs> chaos in the 70s. Oh, my sure. God. Like Son yeah. of Sam. And... Yeah. L.A. was nothing in comparison. Yeah. Wow. So that was just bad luck for them getting out of class that day and, and what, just that, happened this, to be on this street. These guys went flying by. This is in the, pal- the Palms neighborhood of L.A.? Yeah. Really? Yep. Palms is like, you know, a nice area. Yeah, right? that that's yeah. like getting struck by lightning. Yeah. Just a, a horrible tragedy and completely rotten luck. Yeah. Did, they didn't they didn't suspect her husband or anything or the husband that she left on the East Coast no. to like, you know. Hmm. No, I think they might have sus- suspected it, but he was never brought in or anything. They I think because they knew that they had a string of other yeah, attacks yeah. in the area that But that would be perfect cover too if she if he had a, a couple of people go around and like kill multiple people around yeah, <laughs> That's true too. Uh, almost too smart for someone like him, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. The police they were pissed, they reluctantly had to let all the guys that they arrested go. Man. And uh yeah, to this day they're Nothing. still have no idea. They uh, have no idea at all. Her sister Renee um, always, you know, hope that the police would solve the murders, but uh, she does believe in karma and feels like the killers have already been caught and put in jail for other crimes. That's oh, okay. possible. Yeah. I mean, that's a nice thought. Yeah. Well, if you're like that and you're running and gunning and being crazy, you know, chances are you're going to run up against law enforcement at some other time. Yeah. Just like Woody Harrelson's dad. 
Yeah, you're gonna <laughs> yeah, keep that doing it. Is. And usually, drugs is involved. Like Woody Harrelson's dad was like a huge cokehead. Maybe these people were just, you know, drugs were also crazy in the '70s, and they, they drove people nuts. And maybe that's what was going on too. Yeah, they said, uh, you know, they put it out there. If you have any information on the murders of Barbara Colby or her companion James Kiernan, do not hesitate to contact the L.A. Police Department at two one three four seven three zero four seven six or contact Crime Stoppers anonymously at 1-800-222-TIPS. And that comes out to uh, hot cops, yeah. <laughs> if you spell it out on the phone. <laughs> I just, I can't believe that there wouldn't be a cousin, friend of a friend, through the years, that someone might have a little information on this. Yeah. Like, yeah, my, my cousin drives this uh, white van, and him and his yeah. buddy are doing crazy stuff these days. And they had these hot weapons that day. That looked yeah. like they had been fired. They had yeah. blood on them. Absolutely. That's just, that's got to be the worst feeling when your loved one is murdered and you can't catch the person. I know yeah. it happens a lot, but. Well, my, I have a tiny thing in the back of my head because I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the toolbox killers. No. They mm. were, uh, they would, but they were like killers. They would sadistically and brutally like rape girls and um torture them and but they drove a white van and it was two guys that just drove around the city picking people up and sadistically torturing and killing them and that was you know just a few years after man yeah it's like crazy just random acts of violence from crazy crazy people what's the scariest thing in the world isn't it the yeah. idea of a well, random act of violence. Well, it's kind of like me when I, I got hit by the car and the person got away. You know? True. Yeah. If I haven't explained this before, I got hit by a car while walking in Boston, and I had my hip, pelvis, and legs broken, uh, laying in the middle of the street, and the person just drove off and got away. Jeez. Yeah, sad story. So if you know anything. If you know anything. Out there. If you were around uh, Brighton, uh, Oak Square uh, in Boston in 2005, um, you know, call me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call hot cops. Call me. Yeah. And oh, I want to hear about it. Yeah. If you if you saw a white um, Volkswagen Jetta driving away from a seat of a crime, let me Jesus know. Jesus Christ. Hit me up. Wow. You know, R.I.P. Barbara Colby. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. So they had shot three episodes of Phyllis. They didn't air until September of that year. Cloris Leachman was so upset that she obviously wanted to pay tribute to her friend and say on the third episode, this is the last time you'll see Barbara Colby. She was tragically killed. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we loved her. She was family here, blah, blah, blah. But the bigwigs at CBS were like, hey, baby, this is a feel-good show. We don't want to bring anybody down. This is comedy. So, yeah. And they were in constant, constant movement like that. Too. Yeah, they were yeah. like, come on, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, they said no to that. They, they scrapped it from the show. And oh, my God. They never mentioned that she died or anything. The part was recast and filled in by Liz Torres. And played the same exact character. There was not even a joke like, oh, you look different today or anything. It was just that's insane. So just and was there a tribute, though, like a text in one of or the like episodes? A, oh, they cut that or like a freeze frame at the end. Rest no. in peace, our friend. I mean, even what? at the end of the credits. No, they didn't want to bum anybody out. That's insane okay. to me. Yeah. Wow. Well, they bummed me out. Yeah, exactly. Because people like would assume that the actors just wanted too much money. That's why they got rid of them. And this is right. a woman who's brutally murdered 
randomly on the streets of Los Angeles, they give nothing for yeah. it. That's and there's cool. no TMZ or internet at that time. So right. I could see a bunch of people just not even realizing ever what happened to her. Like, what happened to that funny lady from Mary Tyler Moore? Yeah. Oh, she got murdered in 1975. Jesus, that was 50 years ago. Yeah. Oh, my God. Crazy. Um, Yeah, so just recast. Business as usual, never mentioned anything. I think that's so brutal. Yeah. That must have been. And, you know, it was. She had a hit show and she's teaching classes. She's doing her student. She must have been in a good mood. She yeah. w- was about to explode. She's like, like her career was about to take oh, off. Oh, her career. Yeah. Yeah. And come. <laughs> <laughs> How old was she when she died? 36. Damn, man. She was just hitting her stride at 36. Late bloomer. Gives me the willies that I don't even want to say that it made me feel old. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. She turned 36 in uh, just 21 days before. Yeah. Mm. So she barely, she was 35 essentially. It's crazy. Mm. Man. Her wake was actually in Santa Monica. And it was crazy because at the same time she had her wake uh, in the same funeral home was the third woman who was killed in that attack. Mm. And her family was like freaking out, like, oh my God, this actually really happened to this woman. Because Mary Tyler Moore and like, you know, Cloris Leachman and all these famous people were showing up to, you know, pay their respects. And the other family couldn't believe that they were like in the same these names that they were getting Rome as these people. Yeah. yeah. Like, what mm. is going on? Wow. And that's when it really hit them. Like, oh my God. Well, like some of the funeral homes have like multiple rooms. And yeah. I feel like I would have just like. I, I love Uncle Ted, but I want to dip over to this room here to see, <laughs> yeah, see this, some of these famous people. You'll meet Mary Tyler Moore. There's real a quick. CBS executive with that. I'm gonna, yeah. slip, I'm gonna slip him a script. I think. Yeah, give him a piece of my mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I bet you people chewed them up, but they were like, "Hey, it's all good, man." Hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> still in constant movement and yeah. like, feeling good. Jeez. Yeah, but after all, R.I.P. to Barbara Colby. Yeah, and. Every other Barbara gone too other, soon. All the Barbaras, James Kiernan as well. Yeah, yes. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, just uh, up and coming actor and up and coming actor. Just uh, having a nice relationship with his acting teacher. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Mark, let it go. What? So I they were fucking each other. I, big I, deal. I didn't say it was. I had no problem with it. You <laughs> yeah. know, is it not a James Franco situation? I'm. I'm not saying no. that. Consenting yeah. adults here. Exactly. If it was a Tales from the Crypt, the Crypt Keeper would have been like, he was an up-and-coming actor, but turns out his biggest part was on the street. (laughs) (laughs) Like a first-draft Crypt Keeper. (laughs) He just didn't have it all worked out yet. Not at all. Line, line. (laughs) Line, line. Oh, the fucking Crypt Keeper can't remember his lines ever. Fuck. Yeah. Barbara Colby was on Phyllis. Then she got filled up. (laughs) All right, we'll just give you 20 minutes, Crypt Keeper. With her students come. (laughs) And And then she was shot. And also a bullet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, R.I.P. again. He went down into six feet under in the ground (laughs) on her. I don't know. Do we want to... 
Sorry, go ahead, Kyle. Uh, that might be my new favorite character is first draft Crypt Keeper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's something to work out yeah. on open mic night for sure. Yeah, that's a side thing we'll do. Yeah. <laughs> but you dress up in full Crypt Keeper just to do this bit. <laughs> yeah, like really authentic yeah. makeup to look like the yeah. Crypt Keeper. Yeah. For five minutes of uh, open mic time. Yeah. Rick Baker does your makeup yeah. for the chuckle stage. Yeah. <laughs> for the Ha Ha Cafe open mic yeah. at why, 7 o'clock. Why, hello, ladies and ghouls. <laughs> <laughs> this was totally worth it for me. <laughs> <laughs> they make you pay your five bucks afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> In the Crypt Keeper costume. <laughs> Ooh, that was a good set. Yeah. <laughs> You sure I have to pay? <laughs> Can I get a real spot at some point? <laughs> They're like, no, 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 no. We and then he starts malfunctioning the <laughs> act like it doesn't make sense. Like, Barbara Colby. Or should we say Barbara Pepperjack? <laughs> <laughs> And everyone kind of laughs, so they're like, I don't get it. <laughs> and they shoot you in the parking lot. <laughs> Sorry, that was rather cheesy. <laughs> Bang! Oh, boy. They just say, break, and then, and then they die. <laughs> she could really melt hearts. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well crafted <laughs> murder. Oh, <my>. <laughs> <laughs> like they just keep like yeah. pelting it with bullets, yeah. just, just riddling yeah. it. Just <laughs> with all the with all those holes in her, yeah. she was more like Barbara Swiss. <laughs> <laughs> more bullets. They re, yeah, they restock. They just re yeah, like, they the reload. Reloaded. Re yeah. I reloaded. <laughs> Yet no witnesses. No one can identify. He can't kill you, and he just kills himself. I gotta go to church. I've never felt so holy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I can't take it anymore. The, the cops come, and they start shooting him, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like 20 people shooting. <laughs> Still doing cheese puns. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I'm shredded. <laughs> After his death, they're like, we got him. Yeah. Even the cops and the robbers high five ever since. <laughs> yeah. And then he comes out with, I'm shredded. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, first draft, Crypt Keeper. Yeah. Yeah. He's a hit. He's a hit. <laughs> yeah. That's a spinoff. Speaking of spinoffs, that's going to be a spinoff for this. Episode, I think. Yes, that is all for this episode. Yeah. All right, I have a review. All right, let's hear it. I have a nice word from a new fan. New fan. Emily. She said, I had a very bad day, and the three of you always cheer me up. This is my favorite podcast because it has the perfect blend of comedy, pop culture, and entertainment. Oh man! Thank That's you, Emily. Ringing endorsement yes, right there. Thank, thank you, you, Emily. Yeah, I love that. So anyway, we appreciate all of you. Please uh, review us uh, wherever you can on yeah. Spotify. All you have to do is choose five stars. That's it. That's it, it. takes a second. But One. on iTunes, uh, you know, give us five stars and then add a couple words. Yeah, or letters. Comment on YouTube. Sign up for our Patreon. You can get mm -hmm. a free trial to our Patreon now. Come yes. on. Yes. You use so many 
things on there that you haven't seen or heard yet on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So that's it. It's our story. We're sticking to it. And until next time, don't go dinos. You have just heard a true Hollywood murder mystery. I have never seen anything like this before. The movies, Broadway, music, television, all of it. A place that manufactures nightmares. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Good night. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon.